friends long time no see and i know it's been quite a while i think it was middle of april maybe since an episode has gone up if you don't follow me on my personal accounts you might have thought that i fell off the face of the earth however if you're new here or if you don't follow me i recently graduated college and this podcast allows me to fuse those two majors together that I studied in college, history and communication. And I also started a new job, and that's been keeping me extremely busy. But of course, I still wanted to keep up with the pod, and it's still something that I plan on doing, even though life has gotten very busy. We took a little bit of a break so that I could get everything somewhat <laughs> figured out. Uh, wrapping up college, entering the quote real world, but it's good to be back, and I think you would all agree with this. I would rather take some time to produce some quality content rather than throwing something together at the last minute to just say that I put something together. And hopefully, you can see that through this episode and then the coming episodes as well. As you saw by the title. We are continuing in the People You Should Know series, which is probably something that I'll want to do for a couple more episodes, maybe like five or six, and then we'll transition on to something else. This series has been really good. It's one that I think people have really liked. That's good to know and good to hear because we've been able to shed light on some really amazing people who have not gotten recognition that they deserve or have kind of just been downplayed a lot throughout the course of history. Today's episode, we are discussing Vera Miles, who is an actress best known for her work with Alfred Hitchcock, but that's not all she's done. If you're interested in learning more about her life, career, and legacy, stick around and we'll be right back after this short break. Okay, so before we continue, um, I do have to say I have opted for a <laughs> unusual recording location today. Um, we are recording from my car, which is obviously not ideal until I can get moved in to my apartment and get like a proper setup going. This is <laughs> this is kind of the um, the best that we have for right now, but so I just wanted to put that out there in case you hear like weird noises or something that I can't edit out so there's that okay so moving on on August 23rd 1929 Vera June Ralston was born in Boise City Oklahoma to her parents Thomas and Bernice Ralston when Vera was born she came home to three older brothers there is not much out there about her childhood or her family prior to her high school years but she grew up in Pratt, Kansas, and eventually moved to Wichita at some point during her childhood slash teen years after her father left for Alaska. Like I said, there's a lot of details missing here, and maybe they're out there and I just couldn't find them. When she was in high school, she worked at the WYCA as a cafeteria attendant serving breakfast, and then as a clerk for Western Union at night. She also worked as a reporter for the school newspaper, and while working for the newspaper, she wanted to get a local modeling agency to purchase an ad, and they told her that they would if she entered 
into a contest, which she won. And this set her up to compete for Miss Wichita, where she also won. In 1947, she graduated from Wichita North High School, and in 1948 at 19, she was crowned Miss Kansas. So in a lot of pageants, there is a talent portion where queen hopefuls can sing or dance or showcase some other talent, but she opted to give a speech on acting. And following her win, she stated, I have no talent. My only talent would be raising children. I'm glad it didn't take her too long to realize that that's not true. And while she did have children, she would also have a very successful film and television career. Following her Miss Kansas win, she went on to the Miss America pageant, where she was third runner-up. Competing in the Miss America pageant allowed her to gain more exposure, where she caught the eye of Howard Hughes, a Hollywood producer who signed her to a contract with RKO. In 1948, she also married her first husband, Robert Miles. In 1950, she moved to LA from Kansas, where she landed her first two roles, both of which were uncredited and when Willie comes marching home in 1950 and two tickets on Broadway in 1951. Interesting enough, at the time in Hollywood, another Vera Ralston was active in the film industry. And therefore, even after her divorce from Miles in 1954, she kept the last name Miles to maintain the distinction. Her first credited role came in 1952 for the film The Rose Bowl Story in which she played a tournament of Rose's Queen. She was signed under a contract with various studios, and if you recall from my other episodes about early Hollywood, when you signed to a contract with a film studio, you found yourself at the mercy of whatever they wanted you to do. They could throw you in just the lowest budget hot turd film that has ever existed on purpose, and you had to do it. Between 1952 and 1955, Miles was in a few different films and TV shows in smaller roles. In 1954, her marriage with Bob Miles came to an end, and the two had two children, Deborah and Kelly. In 1955, while working on the set of Tarzan's Hidden Jungle, she met her future husband, Gordon Scott, after the two were casted as Jill and Tarzan. This was one of her first roles where she wasn't just like, Girl number seven. <laughs> she was in a leading role. For the first two years, she would work on a variety of TV and film projects, including The Searchers with John Wayne and Jeffrey Hunter, and 23 Paces to Baker Street with Van Johnson. So, like I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, one of Vera's biggest claim to fame, if you will, is her work with Alfred Hitchcock. And if you don't know who Alfred Hitchcock is, he is a legendary filmmaker and director of the 20th century and has been given credit for creating the thriller slash horror slasher genre of film, challenging the existing genres within film to have a more sinister take. Of course, crime and violence were already themes within film, like with westerns and crime movies like Double Indemnity from 1944, but Hitchcock decided to take this a bit further. And we'll come back to Hitchcock throughout this a couple of times, but I don't want it to be like all about Hitchcock. On April 14, 1956, Vera and Gordon Scott were married after dating for a little over a year, and in 1956, also, Vera starred alongside Henry Fonda in The Wrong Man, 
which was directed by Hitchcock. From here, she signed a five-year contract with Hitchcock in 1957. One thing to note was that this film was not the first time that Hitchcock and Miles had worked together, as Vera was in the pilot episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents in 1956. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into her work with Hitchcock. So, when Vera signed to Hitchcock, a lot of people considered her to be the successor to Grace Kelly, who had been working with Hitchcock for a few years on a couple of films before retiring from acting to pursue other things. In 1958, Hitchcock had plans for Vera to star in Vertigo, a film project designed specifically to showcase Vera, but when she became pregnant, she could no longer do the role and it was then given to Kim Novak. This would end up being an interesting choice. The two often clashed even though Novak claimed that she didn't have any problems with Hitchcock or anyone else on set. Hitchcock, however, thinks he made a mistake giving her the role and then believes- Hitchcock, however, believes that he made a mistake by giving her the role and thinks that the movie was a pretty big disappointment, despite having James Stewart in the cast. Vera's big break, well, I don't know if I would say big break, but like, the role which cemented her place into film history was in 1968 Hitchcock's Psycho, where she was cast as Lila Crane, who was a sister of Marion Crane, who, if you're not, like, super familiar with the movie, you know the shower scene. That's Marion in the shower, and Marion, while in the shower, is stabbed to death by Norman Bates, and so Lila and Sam Loomis, the boyfriend slash fiance of Marion, work to investigate Marion's murder. This movie allowed for the spawn of a lot of different affiliated and inspired projects, and this movie is also widely regarded as the first slasher film, something that has grown to become a huge genre in film. I mean, you can't go three, four months without a new iteration of the slasher film. You have Halloween, you have Scream, which is a take, a satirical take on the slasher, the purge. I mean, you have all these different kinds of movies where the slasher is present and Hitchcock has set the tone for those kind of films to come. There were also sequels to this release, including Psycho 2, where Miles reprised her role. And there's obviously a lot more that can be said about Psycho, but I don't want to spend forever on this movie. But in 1960, she married her third husband, Keith Larson, and the two would have one son, Eric. Also in 1960, she would receive her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where she's located at 1652 Vine Street. In 1962, she starred in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, alongside John Wayne, and James Stewart. Now, I remember watching this Western film for the first time in my freshman year of first year seminar class at Marion. And I remember thinking that this was one of the better Western films. Those kind of movies are not for me. I, I don't like them. <laughs> um, I know I might strike a nerve with somebody because I know that there's like a huge niche around Westerns, but that is not something that I gravitate towards. Don't want to spoil too much, but I would recommend it even if you're in the same boat as me where you're like, ugh, the last thing I want to watch is a John Wayne movie. But I do recommend it, like I said. 
So Vera stars as Hallie Stoddard, the wife of Senator Rand Stoddard. It has John Wayne as Tom Donovan and Lee Marvin as Liberty Valance. In 1962, Miles reunited with Hitchcock to star in an episode of The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, a show she would appear on again in 1965. The 1960s and 70s allowed for her to break into television a bit more, including in My Three Sons in 1965, I Spy in the same year, Canada in 1971, as well as Columbo, Hawaii Five-0, The Streets of San Francisco, and Fantasy Island. In 1971, Vera and Larson would divorce, and then she would marry Robert Jones in 1973, to then divorce in 1975. Following this final divorce, she would not remarry. One thing that I think is interesting, um, and I, I, I don't want to imply that there's something weird here, because weird stuff happens in history, and I don't want it to seem like Vera had anything to do with this because that is absolutely not the case. All her first three husbands all died pretty close in proximity to one another. So catch this. Larson died December 13th, 2006. Miles died April 12th, 2007, and Scott on April 30th, 2007. As mentioned, Psycho 2 was released in 1983 and only her and Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates, would return from the first film to be in the sequel. Throughout the 1980s, Vera would continue to act in various TV and film projects, including appearances in The Intonation, Into the Night, The Love Boat, and Murder, She Wrote. Her appearance in 1991 on Murder, She Wrote would mark her final television appearance, and her final acting role came in 1995, alongside James Belushi in Separate Lives. From here, Vera would then retire from acting altogether. Now, after 1995, she has kept a relatively private life, and it's pretty hard to find anything about her post-1995. If she wants to keep a private life after such a long career, I think she has all the right to do so. There are many people in the industry who, after they retire from whatever it is that they were doing, whether they were an actor, a musician, or whatever, that they want to kind of stay out of the public eye and they just want peace and separation from the media. And I think that it's our duty as fans or just general admirers of these individuals to respect that. I know prime example of someone who isn't related to this at all, but John Deacon from Queen, when he retired from the band, um, a lot of people have made it their mission to take pictures of him still there's pictures randomly that will circulate of him from like this year or last year or the year before and i hate that so psa don't do that let these people have their peace end of story what i can tell you is she is 92 years old she is still alive and i hope that she's happy and content in her retirement in 2021, the Glenn Strange Honorary Award by New Mexico Film Critics. And while she never won an Oscar or an Emmy, she has stamped herself in film history as an icon. If 
you liked what you heard here today, if you liked what you heard here today, make sure that you're following us on whatever platform you're listening to this on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, some other place. If you follow us, you'll know when a new episode is up, it'll send you a notification right to your phone and you can listen right away. And while you're at it, make sure that you're following us on all of the socials at the Scoop W Sam so that you can be up to date whenever we post anything about the show, including updates on where I've been <laughs> if we have another long break. We also have merch. So we are a traditionally nonprofit shop, meaning that you just pay a flat rate designated by the merch provider and I don't make anything off of it. It's just a way for you to show your support of the show. However, for the month of June, we have decided to up the pricing a little bit so that any proceeds earned can be donated to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute in honor of Marsha P. Johnson. If you'd like to learn more information, you can click the link in our bio. It'll tell you everything you want to know. Or if you wanted to donate directly, that's there as well. We have a few different designs, so be sure to check those out. And I think that covers it. If you've made it this far, I can't thank you enough for your support. I will see you same time, same place, next time for a brand new episode of The Scoop. Talk to you later. Thank you.